You're listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Great way to begin worship together. I cannot believe that it is already the second Sunday in 2022. And we've already had a big beginning to the year at church. Last Sunday, we celebrated both Epiphany, where we celebrated Jesus's showing forth through the visit from the Magi, and the commissioning of our 2022 confirmation class. And Dan preached a fabulous sermon about living as children of the light. If you weren't here and you haven't had a chance to hear that, I would implore you to go to the website and watch that this week. This week, though, we are beginning a new sermon series called The Short Stories of Jesus, where we're going to be taking a look at the teachings of Jesus through the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. And it's super fitting that last week Dan looked at this passage from Ephesians about light and living as children of the light, because we're going to continue that conversation today with the addition of another element, salt, salt and light. We're going to be looking at a small portion of Jesus's sermon on the mount. We're going to be looking at chapter five, verses 13 through 16. But before we read, let us go to God in prayer. Let's pray. Holy Lord, your word is truly a lamp to our feet. God, and we pray that we would allow you to light our path. Give us grace to receive your truth in faith and in love, and give us strength to follow you on the path that you have set before us through Christ Jesus. Amen. Again, this is Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Listen now to the word of our Lord. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This passage is such a good daily reminder of how we're called to live as children of God. In fact, I have this... um, this little sign that stays on my desk. And it reminds me of this every day. Uh, A friend of mine who's a church member gave this to me at my installation service. And and it's got right here, Matthew 5, 13. Um, But it's a different translation. Same thing though. It It says, be salty, stay lit. My good daily reminder. As we look at this scripture, I want to look at the context surrounding it. Jesus has gone up on a mountainside. We actually know now it's really a plateau. And he's overlooking the Sea of Galilee. His disciples were with him, but there were a lot of other people around as well. 
because Jesus had been teaching and preaching and performing miracles all through Galilee, and the news had spread all through Syria. So people from the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and even beyond the Jordan had come. Many of these people were sick and afflicted, looking for a miracle. And what I love about this is that right through the gate, before we even get to Jesus' teaching, we see the nature of God through Jesus' actions. He doesn't see these crowds of sick and afflicted people and say to his disciples, his his right-hand guys, his best friends, he doesn't say, well, let's head out of here, somewhere out of the way, more quiet, where where these needy and afflicted people aren't around, and I'll teach you there. No, he sees these crowds of people, sick, suffering from many afflictions, and he doesn't go away from them. He makes himself more accessible to them. He goes up high where everyone can see him and hear him to teach. And this tells us that this teaching isn't just for the disciples, his closest friends, but for all people even the sick ones, even the ones that are afflicted. Now, we jumped right in at verse 13, and you might be wondering, well, what did we miss in verses 1 through 12? What was Jesus teaching there? Well, we missed the Beatitudes. You're probably familiar with them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Well, the word Beatitude just means supreme blessing. So in these first 12 verses, Jesus has gone through sharing blessings of followers of Jesus. And as he shares these blessings, he shares them in second, I mean in third person. That's wrong. He shares them in third person to general people. But then he gets to verse 11, right before we get into our passage, and he changes to second person, addressing the hearers, addressing the people that were there directly. He says in verses 11 and 12, Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you and falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, Dan gave us an English lesson last week. He taught us about homonyms. Where, 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 where are you going? What are you going to wear? Where's the silverware? All of those things. This week, we also have some English lessons. First, our pronoun lesson. Jesus is now changing the pronoun, speaking directly to the people. And that's the way he starts our passage today. He says, you are the salt of the earth. Next English lesson. He's using a metaphor. We know that that is figurative language. And it's a word or phrase that's applied to an object that has nothing to do with it as a way to symbolize or represent something. And this is not our only metaphor in this passage. The second one comes when Jesus says, you are the light of the world. So here we have Jesus saying to his followers, You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And I find this so interesting. You, my close friends, the disciples. 
You, the people that are sick and afflicted. You, the people from Galilee. You, the people from Jerusalem. You, the men. You, the women. You, the children. You, all you who are following me and listening to me, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. I want us to pause right there. We are also following Jesus. We have our own deep afflictions. We too are hearers of this sermon So as we reflect on this passage, know that Jesus is talking to you too. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And I want to take a closer look at the metaphor to see what this means by looking at the properties of salt and light to help us figure out what what Jesus is really saying here. So we know salt. Salt's a preservative. Salt makes bland things taste good. Salt adds flavor. Now, in fact, more than just adding flavor, if added in the right way, salt actually enhances other flavors, brightening them and sharpening them. Salt is a small thing of great value. And light, as Dan discussed last week, Well, there's different meanings of the word light, but given the way it's used in this passage, it's clearly talking about illumination. When the sun goes down, even a small lamp can go a long way. It helps you find things and see things more clearly. In that sense, it's a small thing that can be of great value. So what's the lesson here? Well, I really love the way that Pope Francis explained it several years ago. He said, Christians must be salt and light, but never self-serving. Salt must add flavor and light must illuminate the other. I love the way he phrases that. And sure, we could potentially think that this passage elevates each of us. Well, we're salt and light. We're very valuable commodities. But that's not it. Not that you're not valuable. But it's through Jesus that we are made worthy. And as a natural response to Jesus, to his love and grace and forgiveness, we live as children of the light, living as God created us to be, living in God's image, enhancing the world through the way we live, and being a light that points to Christ and brings about glory to God. And that's the goal, right? We see it in verse 16. We end the passage with, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. We are to let our light shine, not to put ourselves in the spotlight, but to be a light that points to Christ and brings glory to God. So to be salt and light means to live your life in a way that enhances and brings about goodness to the world and those in it, and to act in a way that points others to Christ. God has given us all each unique qualities and gifts. It would be silly to be given a gift and not to use it. Our scripture points to how absurd that is. You don't hide your light under a bushel. Now, 
hopefully you're already thinking of the song that I'm thinking of, This Little Light of Mine. And spoiler alert, you're going to get to sing it a little bit later, but This Little Light of Mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No, I'm going to let it shine. Lighting a lamp and putting it under a bushel basket would be ridiculous. And frankly, it would even be dangerous. We are called to use our gifts through our actions. And our actions and deeds should reflect the light of Christ, not hide it. When you hear that again, our actions and deeds should reflect the light of Christ, not hide it. And we're not called to do this alone. Our gifts are not the same. And if we use our gifts together for goodness, it will have the properties of salt and light, enhancing, enhancing, sharpening, and brightening the world. I do want to be clear here, though. We don't do these good works to check things off a list, to be a good Christian, or to get into heaven. But humans Rather, we're created for good. Remember in Genesis when God created the world? God created humans in God's image and saw that it was good. We are created for goodness. Sure, we will mess up, but just because we mess up doesn't mean that we can no longer be good or do good. That's exactly why Jesus came. We can repent and God can use us and work through us. When we do good, we are living in to our purpose. When salt and light are fulfilling their purpose, they are valuable. When we as followers of Jesus live as salt and light, we bring value to the world by being beneficial, life-giving, and pointing others towards the light of Christ for God's glory. When we talk about bringing value to the kingdom of God, we need to remember that we can't measure value by the world's standards. We can't measure success based on what the world tells us. The world is constantly telling us to put ourselves first, to be the best, to be the brightest, to be the richest, and so on. That's what's looked upon as good or successful. But true goodness comes with humility, not looking for our own gain or reward. Just this week, I was thinking about a friend of mine that embodies that. We are lifelong friends. We went to high school together. We went to college together. Then we both got married and moved back to Roswell and had families. Our kids get together. His wife and I get together with our other friends um, when everyone's in town. And this friend has also doubled as our pharmacist for the past 10 years. He's a great pharmacist. He's never steered Jason or I wrong, and he always makes sure to make the yucky-tasting medicines taste better. He helped calm our nerves when one of our children had to start on a really strong epilepsy medicine. And he never looks down on us, no matter what questions we ask. I'm sure there are a lot of things that are measures of his success as a pharmacist. But I'm not a pharmacist, and honestly, all that stuff really goes over my head. Did I mention he got me through college biology? But in a couple of weeks, he's going to be taking a new job. 
And while my family's so happy for him, we'll miss him as our pharmacist, but we know we're going to see him and his family. But he's been telling his customers as they come by. And one customer in particular was very sad and posted on the Roswell Moms Facebook page. Now, if you are on the Roswell Moms Facebook page, you know that it's very, very active and everybody shares all the things. So this mom shared that her favorite pharmacist was leaving this particular pharmacy. And let me tell you, this set off an entire thread of comments. In the first 15 minutes, there were 54 comments about how sad people were. They love him. So I started to send him the messages because they're sweet, and I wanted him to know what people were saying. Fast forward, now there's over 130 comments all sad that he's leaving, or some that are saying, how do we not know about this guy? Some shared that they switched pharmacies just for him. And here's the thing. Most of the comments about why people love him are not because he's some top-notch pharmacist. And he is. But the comments were about his kindness and his compassion. One person wrote, he is just an incredibly kind and caring pharmacist who remembers you your family, and your kids' favorite princesses. Now, I'll be honest. I didn't ask him, but I would be willing to bet you a million dollars that remembering children's favorite princesses is not a category on his performance evaluation or something that he does for his own gain. He cares for others not in a self-serving way to gain stature, but in a truly genuine way. He's used his gifts for good, and through his humble actions, he's made a difference in our community. His actions are an example of being salt of the earth and light of the world. Matthew Meyer Bolton is a graduate of Harvard Divinity School and then later went on to be faculty there, and now is the creative director of the SALT Project. Now, the SALT Project, if you've never heard of it, is this nonprofit company that focuses on telling stories that matter and inspire people and bring about goodness in the world. When he was reflecting on this passage that we read today, he states that Jesus seems to say, do not do good works to enhance your standing or status. Do them because that is exactly what you are made to do. Do them because doing good works is one and the same as being who you really are. Do them not to gain stature, but rather as an outworking of the stature you already enjoy. For you are the light of the world, the salt of the earth. The small and unimpressive band of brothers and sisters reviled and persecuted that must, God willing, make a broad and inspiring difference. Friends, God created us for goodness. It's at the very core of who we are. And when we do good, we point to the light of Christ in this often very dark and broken world. And we bring glory to God. As I was continuing to look at the SALT Project's website, I came across a blog that they have, and there was a post about Epiphany from this week. 
I just mentioned previously that we, we just celebrated Epiphany. And there are three traditional focal points of Epiphany, which is where Jesus' identity shows forth. First is the visit of the Magi. Then there's Jesus turning water into wine at the wedding at Cana. And then there's Jesus' baptism. And the SALT blog chose to focus on the baptism of Jesus this week. And this is one of the main takeaways they shared and I think is a perfect closing reflection for us today. This is what the blog says. Likewise, while it is certainly true that the story of Jesus' baptism recounts how Jesus is singled out as God's beloved, at the same time, the story exemplifies the way of life to which the beloved calls anyone who would seek to follow. Not a life of presumption or arrogance, but rather of humility and solidarity. God walks and washes with sinners. Jesus also is baptized and so calls us to follow him on a path of unassuming generosity, never looking down our noses at anyone and always gladly embracing the Spirit's sanctifying, restoring, empowering renewal for each one of us and everyone we meet is a beloved child of God. And Jesus's showing forth is ultimately meant to help each of us with our own epiphanies so our little lights might shine. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.